This is an audio presentation of God First Church, Cheltenham, England. A community of Jesus followers, worshipping God first, proclaiming God first, and together living God first lives. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk. Thank you very much. Uh, somebody uh, once said that when you go, when you lead a church, always dress in a way that nobody comments on it. <laughs> Three people so far have said, why are you wearing exactly the same clothes as Howard is wearing? <laughs> and you just need to know that there is some standard uniform that you have to wear when you're leading a church. And it evolves. Yeah, same sweater, but we took that off okay, earlier on. <laughs> Check shirt and jeans. I also really love this venue. You've got a fantastic venue in here. But what I like most of all about it is your existential washing machine uh, sitting on the stage and who knows what yeah who knows what that is there for but it is very very good if you've got your bible with you or if you look at on your phone or whatever it is um turn please to uh, proverbs chapter four and uh, we are going to be dealing this morning with uh, matters uh, of the heart but firstly um i i just want i do want to publicly uh, thank Howard and Naomi for, for their friendship over lots of years. Um, <clears throat> it's included many holidays and all sorts of things like that. And our friendship is a, is a personal thing. We, we really value them as a couple. We love you and we think you are outstanding. But our, the reason I wanted to say that publicly is this, that actually we belong to a movement that really values friendship. Mm. And we belong to a, a movement where gospel advance and church planting and kingdom encouragement is set in this context of friendship and genuine authentic friendship and I just want to I want to encourage you to pursue that pursue ministry in the context of friendship and loving care for one another because it is so much more fun than just doing it trying to trying to lead a church dryly and sort of like bouncing off other people but it is so much better that way. I'm going to read uh, Proverbs 4 from a few different versions um, that we've got up here. Four versions I've got. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. That's from the NLT. The next verse says this, uh, ESV says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And then the last uh, the NIV, today's NIV says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The last version is the tattoo version. Is this. You can't actually, you can't see that girl. But <clears throat> she has tattooed. It's a little bit unclear. But it says here, above all else, guard your heart. And then underneath it says Proverbs 4, verse 23. Now, I, I went to a... Uh, a church in South London, and I mentioned Proverbs 4, verse 23. And this girl came running up afterwards, and she said, no, 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 look, can I show you something? And she sort of like rolled up her sleeves, and she went like this, she went, no! And she said, it's tattooed on me. And the reality is, and I said, oh, that is amazing, can I take a photograph of that? And yeah, of course you can, but what you can't see is that 
that tattoo is written over quite a lot of scars, like, you know, self-harming scars that she had been. And she had had a difficult, let's just put it this way, she'd had a difficult life. She'd been involved in, in drugs, she'd been involved in abuse, and, and she, was, she was in a difficult place. And, and she, what happened was that she found freedom in Jesus Christ. And she knew this one truth above all else. She had to guard her heart. And she had given her heart to so many different things. But interwoven over the scars that she had inflicted on herself, she had written this, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. And she knew that her heart would determine the course of her life. And I just feel, you, know, you may not have this girl's backstory. You may not have the issues. You may have some of those issues. And they are more prevalent in the church than we realise. But she had realised that she gave her heart to some things that were totally destructive. And we're here this morning just to say, we want to guard our hearts for Jesus Christ. I want to be clear, we're not, this isn't some sort of like cardiology lecture, we're not talking about hearts, we're not talking about this, this, this muscle. That I don't know if you realise, but did you know your heart starts beating four weeks after conception? Bizarre, isn't it? Four weeks after conception, this muscle starts constricting like this. And it stop, the moment it stops, you're in trouble. Okay, that's the end of it. That's bye-bye. Okay. But the Bible does not talk about your heart in that way. The Bible isn't talking about this muscle that's situated in here. The Bible talks about your heart as your inner person, your inner man, your inner woman. It's talking about who you are when no one's looking. It talks about the convictions that are deep, deep down within you. And when Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love your heart, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind, I don't think he was sort of like separating your heart and then your soul and then your mind up. I don't think that's how Hebrews did life. They didn't separate things up like that. They just said, no, everything that you are, everything. It just encapsulates everything of who you are. And your heart, where your heart is, will determine the course of your life. So guard it. Proverbs 27, 19 says this, As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. You know, when King David spotted this beautiful woman on her rooftop washing, and then ultimately he ended up having sex with another man's wife, with Bathsheba, what was it that David wrote in Psalm 51? He said this, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. And then the issue was that David didn't realise it. Having sex with Bathsheba wasn't just some sort of like primeval animalistic urge that he suddenly thought, ah, let's go and have sex with that girl. Now David realised he had let his heart go astray. And he said, no, God. Forgive me, but give me a pure and clean heart. Because he knew that it's his heart that will determine the course of his life. Can you put the next slide up? Does anybody like walking? Does anybody know where this is? Any ideas? It's in a place called Kemble. Sirencester... 21 miles away from here. Anybody know why this is significant? 
Anybody know what starts in Kemble? Thames. Next slide. That. <laughs> That's what starts. Starts there. Those little sort of like puddle of stones. That is the beginning of that. The wellspring of the Thames starts just down the road from here, 21 miles away in Kemble. And your heart is the wellspring of your life. Where your heart is, that is where your heart, that is where your life will lead. And you know what? I think, from what I understand from Howard, that this is the last in your series of Proverbs. And Proverbs is this intensely practical book that tells you how to live your life and this is what you should be doing. And, and how I say, you know, this is how you should deal with pride, is what you did with last week, and all of these different issues. And it tells you how to live your life. And really helpfully, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs, which is really helpful. So you can always read a, book, a chapter of Proverbs uh, a day throughout a month. But it's a really practical book telling you how to live. But what it says in Proverbs 4, verse 30, 23 is this. You need to know how to live, but also you need to go upstream to the issues of your heart. Yes, because it will, it will determine how you live your life. If your heart is, you know, if you're really struggling, we, 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 we always want to change your behavior. I want to become less angry. I, I want to control my tongue more. I want to work harder. I want to do all sorts of things. But actually, if my heart is determining another course of action, I will always revert back to behavior that is unhelpful. I want to be really uh, like, honest with you. I, do you ever know people who have lost lots of weight in a diet and then just put it back on again? Mm. Yeah. Let's just say, yeah, we know a friend. <coughs> Not me, certainly. No. Um, don't do anything like that. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> but the truth of it is that sometimes you can control and restrict your behaviour, but your heart is still somewhere else. And, and for, actually for me, sometimes when I get stressed or really tired or really difficult, what I want to do is I just like, quite like eating because it's quite nice. And as I get older and my sort of like metabolic rate sort of like slows down, you think, whoa, I'm just getting fatter and fatter. Now, there are some practical issues in there, but I just need to let you know as well, for me, there is an issue of the heart as well. Because where do I find my comfort? Where am I putting my hope? Who am I going to when actually I feel tired or stressed? But you can choose who you give your heart to. Proverbs 23, verse 26 says this, Oh, my son, give me your heart. And we all today are making choices about where we give our heart. And in, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, what you treasure most, well, there will be your heart. And I just need to ask you, what are the things that you think about most of all? What are the things that you wake up in the morning and you're pursuing? What are the things that fill your thoughts? What are the things that you're thinking, oh, I really want to get involved in that? Well, I just need to let you know, those are the things that you are giving your heart to. It may, it may be something good, it may be something really destructive, it may be something really negative, but those are the things that you are giving your hearts to. It could be things, it could be jobs, it could be people, it could be hurts from the past. But the Bible says this, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of your life. I need to ask you as well, I don't know where, where people here, where you're visiting, whether you've ever... Like, intentionally given your life to Jesus. We may all be people here who have been Christians for many, many years. But it may not be the case. You may never have 
consciously decided to give your heart to Jesus, to cross the line of faith, to become a Christian, to become a disciple, to become somebody who follows Jesus. But I just need to let you know that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you can be saved. And it's by believing in your heart that you are saved. And I just need to let you know this, that God would really love to do some exchanging of your hearts today. That if you give God your heart today, he will give you a new heart. Ezekiel 36, verse 25 says this, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and will give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will be able to follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. I just need to ask you this. If you have never, ever decided to give your heart to Jesus, well, do you know what? Today could be your day of salvation. Today. And you think, well, why not? I don't know, you may all have been Christians for years and years and years, but sometimes you have people who just sneak in and you think, wow, I never thought I'd come to church like this. But you may have never given your life to Christ. Well, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you can be saved. And you will not face the wrath of your sinful actions. How do you guard your heart? What can you do? If you're thinking, oh, I have given my heart to something, uh, and I'm not sure, what do you do to guard your heart? So a few things. How do you guard your heart? I think, firstly, do whatever you can to delight in the presence of Jesus. Proverbs 23, verse 26, there's this. Oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. I just encourage you to take Whatever decisions you need to take to be in the presence of Jesus. Mm. Whatever. Do whatever it takes. Go to any prayer meeting that you can. Go to any worship meeting that you can. Be the first people in here to think, no, I will be in the presence of Jesus. And you know, if you have gone into your place where you have found that your affection for Jesus is waning... I'll do whatever you can. Pray, Spirit of God, come on me. I need to be in love with you, King Jesus. And do you know what? I just, I really, really love. Whenever you go into a place and people just talk about Jesus, and they say, Gee, and I think there's something about it. Oh, that person really loves being with Jesus. Do you know, I just need to let you know, um, uh, my, my mum died recently. And she had dementia, and it was really, dementia is the most cruelest disease that you can, you can imagine. But her heart was set on Jesus. And even though her, she had lost the, the ability to communicate, really, and you know, she'd lost the ability to function at all, you could tell her heart was still full of joy for Jesus. And you would sort of like, you would, you'd read something from the Bible and you think her heart would just like lift up and go, oh yeah. And you think, oh no, that was a, she was a woman that loved Jesus. And I think, oh, there are certain times when I think, even when she's completely gone with dementia, you know, and you think, how can you possibly know that? But you think, oh, she loved Jesus. 
And if you want to guard your heart and know that you are following what God has got for you, above all else, be in the presence of Jesus. What do I do when I think, oh, I'm just, I'm running on a little bit dry? I think, I have learned what it is just to pray in tongues and to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me again and again. Because the Bible says that praying in tongues edifies yourself. It doesn't do a lot for anybody else, okay? But it does edify yourself. And I think, oh, when I run out of words, what am I going to do? I'm just going to pray in tongues and ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me again. And when the Holy Spirit comes and fills me again, what am I able to say? Oh, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. And it guards my heart. It guards my heart again and again. I want to... So, you know, to be filled with affection, not only for Jesus, but to be filled with affection for church. And, you know, when you get a visiting uh, like speaker who comes in, they can say whatever they want. And, you know, for, like, for Howard's point of view, so Howard is now saying, OK, just Duncan, tell them to turn up early, tell them to give lots of money, tell them to serve, tell them to not talk to their friends, but always talk to visitors, tell them to help clear up at the end because I'm really fed up with doing thing. No, actually, that, that is what Howard was saying, but above all else... <laughs> He does what, but above anything else, I just need to let you know, the thing that would give Howard and Naomi the greatest joy, and the thing that would give this church the greatest joy that you could ever imagine, is everybody in here pressing into worship. Because everything else flows from there. Everything, everything else flows from that. Guarding your heart for Jesus. Allow your hearts to burn with an extraordinary passion for Jesus and his church. The second thing that I want to encourage us to do is to do this, is to hide the word of God in your heart. Proverbs 3 verse 1 says this, My child, never forget the things that I taught you. Store my commands in your heart. Proverbs 6 verse 21 says this, Keep this instruction in your heart and tie them around your neck. Psalm 119 says this, How can a young man or woman keep his way pure? Does anyone know the answer? Hide God's word in your heart. Live according to the word. And you know what? Sometimes you think that you read this and you think, Oh, it's something like, like this magic book. And at the beginning of the day, you read it and yes, life is good. Yep, life is And sometimes life is not good. I just need to let you know that. If you become a Christian because you want an easier life, no, you've found the wrong gospel. Often it's harder. It's much harder. But what happens is that when we hide this word in our hearts, we set this template of God's love over our lives that enables us to go through all sorts of issues in your life. And sometimes I, I really, I have to keep saying to myself and I want to say to other people, no, I must feed myself. I must feed myself. And so, you know, the, at the moment, we have so many areas where we can be fed. So I think you are the chosen ones because you have chosen to come to church. You've chosen physically to come to church, and God bless you for it. But there are so many places. You can go to YouTube, you can go to the Sound Club, you can listen to podcasts, you can do anything. And all of them, am I knocking any of them? No, absolutely not. But am I saying that is a substitute for feeding yourself? Yeah, that can be a substitute. And I just long for the days when, when we go, you know, like when I was young, we had all this thing about having a quiet time. And everyone used to say, well, have you had your quiet time yet? And you think, 
I don't really know what, but all I knew was I had to go and sit down with my Bible and my Bible reading notes from Scripture Union or whatever it was and read my Bible. But you know, we, I think we've almost, we've lost that little sense of, oh no, feeding ourselves, feeding ourselves from Scripture, feeding ourselves. I think the other thing about hiding God's word in our heart is this, that how much do we long for the prophetic word from God to be spoken into our lives? Now, we believe, don't we, in the charismatic gifts. And we believe that, that God will speak his now word. Now, we have to make sure we, 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 we filter it well. We have to make sure we weigh it well. We need to make sure, does it encourage? Does it build up? Does it edify? Well, if it does those three things, yeah, it's good. Does it sort of like, you know, comply to scripture? Yeah, it does. Well, if it complies with all those things, then, yeah, no, that is a good prophetic word. And I want to encourage you to be people that, that long for the prophetic word to be spoken into your life. And more importantly, to speak God's prophetic word into other people's lives. And you know, sometimes you don't need to say, I feel today that the Lord has spake to me and would speak truth as such. Therefore, go into the desert. That is not the, that is not the heart. Of the, the heart of prophecy is this, is to speak what God would want to say into somebody's life. And that is all it is. Could I ask you what your name is? Tracy. Tra- no, sorry, Tracy. Sorry, that's fine. Tracy. So, I-, I think God just wants to say words of e- extraordinary affirmation in your life. I think he's seen some of the things that you've been through. And he's seen the way that you have been faithful. And I think he, he looks at you with just extraordinary affection and joy. And he says, well done. Keep going. Keep going. Do you know what? All we have to do is just the long for God's... Is that... That is just God's heart for Tracy. Yes, it is. That's all it is. Is it true? Yeah, absolutely it's true. Absolutely it's true. And sometimes you and I need to take a few risks and just say, I'm going to speak God's word into that person. And it's about encouragement. Mm. But if we want to guard... I want to guard my heart... I want to guard my heart so that I can stand up here and just in a moment say, no, Tracy, that is what God's, li- God's plan is for your life. I want to guard my heart so I can hear what God is speaking into me. And then the other thing is this. <clears throat> the third way that we can um, guard our heart is this, is to honour God in the small decisions of your life. I, sadly, still play old men's touch rugby. And a whole bunch of us, old men, wobble around a rugby field every Friday. And it's one of the most enjoyable things that I could possibly still do. Because whenever I see a rugby ball, I just want to pick it up and start playing. And, but all of my rugby friends are out in um, Italy at the moment. And they're on a rugby tour. <laughs> and um, so they're all now... They are now all, I guarantee you, all nursing severe hangovers. Now, I went on the previous two tours, and then this, this tour, I just said, no, I'm not going. Now, I'm right at the heart of this rugby club. We, I helped set it up, and I just said, no, I'm not going. And then these guys would come and say to me, why, why aren't you going? Come on, it's tour. Well, stays on tour, stays on tour. Come on, we're off, we're going. You know, and you think, no, I'm not going. And then they said, well, why, why are you not coming? And I said, well, 
Last time, it was, it was just too beery, and there's too much at stake for me. And I thought, I, I, I just don't want to do it. Now, I could go there, and, and actually, but I think I knew my, my own personality is, when it's all kicking off, I want to be in the midst of it, to be totally honest with you. I want to be in the midst of it. And I thought, no, I, I'm, I'm just going to... And then one of the things the guy said to me, is that nobody's going to tell anybody. No, nobody's going to say, you know, what, what stays on tour. Stay, nobody's going to say anything. And then I just thought, oh, you don't really get it, do you? You don't really... And I, and I was able to... And he's a guy, he's a really sort of like successful businessman. And I just thought, oh, no, there's... But there's an element of integrity there. I, I can't... I don't want to do that. And that I think there is something about guarding your heart is the integrity of your daily life. The other example that I want to give that... I have three children, uh, and I won't say who, who it was... One of them had a small accident in a car that they were driving. <laughs> and we saw the, the person that they hit said, oh, can we sort this out without the insurance? And they said, the woman that we hit, they said, yeah, it's absolutely fine, no problem at all. So then we paid the woman for her repairs to her car. And then I said to some of my other friends who playing rugby, I said, oh, I've got to go, I've got to tell the insurance company that, that this, my child had an accident. And they said, <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? You don't have to tell them. You paid it, the insurance off, therefore it's job done. They're never going to know about the accident. And then again, you just have to say, well, no, I do. I think I do. And then actually, Jill and I, we went through the, sort of like, the insurance document line by line by line by line, thinking, do we have to... And then it says, if you have any accident, you must inform us. And then you think, bummer, we do have to tell them. But I remember my friends just thinking, why are you doing that? It's just not important. And I'll tell you why I did it. And we did tell the insurance company, and direct line, bless them, they said, oh, no, that's fine. If you sorted it out, it doesn't make any difference to the premiums. Job done. But I'll tell you why I told them. Because I wanted to guard my heart. I wanted to guard my heart. I didn't want to have any area where I felt I was compromised in it. No, I want my heart to be solely and purely and utterly for Jesus. That's where I want it to be. And I think sometimes we have to honour God in the small decisions of our lives, even when we don't understand him. I think we have to be unashamed of who Jesus is. In a moment, I'm just going to ask for us to respond and I'm going to ask to, us to make a response that if, if we feel that actually we have allowed our heart to become less than fully passionate for Jesus, I'm just going to ask us to respond. So what I'm going to ask us to do in a minute, we'll just stand up. And if you feel that you have allowed something else to creep into your life that has diminished your passion for Jesus, all I'm going to ask you to do is to raise your hands and then I'm going to pray for us and I'll include myself in this, that we would be men and women who guard our heart, who run quickly into the presence of Jesus, who know what it is to feed ourselves from the word of God and the way that we live our lives, the way that we live and we do everything else, we honour God in every decision. Is that okay? Can you just stand? Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. We welcome you into our lives. 
I pray, Lord, would you just stir our hearts with affection? Would you come and meet with us? I pray, oh Lord, that you would help us and equip us to guard our lives, guard our hearts as the wellspring of life. Lord, we pray that our hearts now would determine the course of action of our lives, that just as that that small brook ends up with the mighty Thames, we pray that you would so have our hearts for you that all else would follow from that. And as we have struggled in different areas, we pray now, Holy Spirit, would you help us, would you strengthen us, would you embolden us, that we would be men and women whose hearts are ablaze for you. I just want to invite you now to, if you are aware of areas in your life where you have allowed your heart to be diverted from Jesus onto something else, I just want you to raise your hands right now. I'm going to pray for you. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk.